0: The errors that get deep down in your code base that are the toughest to wash out. How? Use new fashion smashing with exclusive learning action. Bugs just float away with smashing. So help your family's code stay spotless with easy to use smashing. It's
1: smashing.
0: In this episode of the Smashing Podcast, we're talking about HTML email. Do we still have to design like we would for IE5? Vitaly talks to expert Remy Parmentier to find out. But first, did you know that Smashing Magazine publishes brand new articles to the website throughout your working week? There's a lot to keep up with, but we're here to help.
2: It's your weekly update.
0: In Meet Smart Interface Design Pattern Checklists. Vitaly Friedman introduces a deck of 166 checklist cards to help you design and build better interfaces faster. With accordions, mega drop downs, data tables, carousels and everything in between, they're a great way not to forget anything critical and avoid costly mistakes down the line. Hooray! Kate Kalchevich writes Making Sense of Why ARIA, a comprehensive guide, explaining when to use ARIA and how to use it properly. Equip yourself so that you can use ARIA in a way that's helpful to the many people who use assistive technology to navigate the web. Yes! In JavaScript APIs You Don't Know About, Juan Diego Rodriguez covers the least known yet extremely useful APIs such as the Page Visibility API, the Web Sharing API, Broadcast Channel API, and the Internationalization API. See what they are, where you should use them, and how you might go about doing so. Josephine Schaefer looks at accessibility in times of headless. Do you want to make your new websites as accessible as possible? Have a closer look at the basics of web accessibility, the difference between monolithic and headless content management systems, and how to make the most of your CMS in terms of accessibility. Oh, yeah! And in rethinking star ratings for readers, Matt Athanasio tasks us to think about how companies can change their rating and review systems to better benefit users. Matt shares some steps to improve the experience of reviewing literature and other products, while also building stronger connections. And that is your weekly update.
2: Find all these and more at smashingmagazine.com/articles.
1: He's an email and web developer based on the north of France, near Lille, and goes by HTML on the internet. He works on his own small web development agency, Tilt Studio, since 2008, and he also runs workshops, gives talks, and writes articles all around HTML emails. Now, Rémy also likes collecting Game Boy consoles and listening to Sir ben Stevens. My smashing friends, please welcome Rémy Parmentier. Hello, Rémy. How are you doing today? I'm smashing... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful to hear. I uh, mean, uh, I don't know when we, we you know, we, we, saw, we saw each other. Maybe I don't know, twenty-seven years ago.
2: Now, oh yeah, that feels like it. Yeah, that's... I think we 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 met in person for the first and last time in a Smashing Conference in Freiburg in 2019. I think. I, so... I think so. This
1: seems like a. It was a very, very a long time yeah. ago. It's not even this so... decade. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Remy. So, this is can you hear maybe the question from the audience coming already? So, if it was 27 years ago, was it the same back then writing HTML emails like it is today, or have things changed since then? Uh, you're already teasing me. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I, I would say it,
2: it things are have changed somehow. There are are differences. Uh, uh, Like mobile emails, Uh, we do responsive emails nowadays. Uh, That wasn't the case uh, 27 years ago. So, uh, yeah, there are lots of
1: differences like this. Yeah. So, you know, it's always interesting for me because there is an ongoing joke about HTML emails and people who have to do HTML emails and people who are forced to do HTML emails. And you love to do HTML emails. Yeah. You have to explain yourself, right?
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I don't know how it came to be exactly, but... Um I, really never had the, the repulsion that most uh, web developers have in these days when they get asked to code an HTML email. And I think one of the reasons uh, might be that I, uh, I'm old. And so, um, when I started, um, at my very first, uh, gig in a, a web agency, um, it was around 2006. And, um, and back then, uh, emails were or we were coded pretty much the same way that web pages uh, were coded. So we use tables uh, for layouts for web pages, and so did we for HTML emails. So it wasn't so different back then. Um, and so it's just that uh, with time, uh, we saw that the web evolved to something different. To as a semantic web first uh, with uh, the, the a growing introduction of CSS and growing use of, of CSS for layouts. And um, then we got responsive web, and uh, nowadays we've got all sorts of web applications and stuff like this. And yeah, it's true that uh, emails didn't catch on to all of these steps, at least not at the same um at the same uh, ease at the same time frame than the web did but um i feel like somehow it's catching up every now and then and we do get to use um nice and modern stuff as well in html emails so yeah i i really like html emails and i i think um one of one part of it is that uh, whenever I stumble upon uh, a really weird bug or behavior or something that's really um, maddening for uh, the normal person, um, I I kind of like to just dig in and try to figure things out, try to understand why this happens this way, why things are this way, and so I think that's that's really an interesting. niche of uh, HTML development nowadays.
1: Uh, But it probably keeps you, I don't know, it keeps you on your toes and keeps you awake at night, like thinking about all these incredible, wonderful bugs happening in, I don't know, in Microsoft Outlook and, God forbid, Lotus Notes. Um, Are you still testing Lotus Notes? No, no, no. I haven't tested that for, for years now. So... Okay. That makes me a bit happier uh, (laughs) at this point. But, uh, you know, every time I think about HTML emails, I do remember your wonderful talk where you say that, well, we actually have to think about email development as being a slightly different way, a slightly different, different mindset that is required to actually get it right. And I remember you speaking about thinking like an email geek which uh, really takes a slightly different uh, turn, I guess, or perspective on what it even means to be designing and developing, uh, developing emails. So if somebody is very, let's say, unfamiliar with this territory, uh, if you had to explain how building, designing HTML emails is different from, you know, regular website I mean, it's hard to say regular, from websites and applications, uh, regular always has this little of, uh, undertone in it. Um, how are they actually different? And what are some of the important skills that are absolutely required to even make sense of, you know, building and designing for HTML email?
2: Yeah, so um, I think... The, the difference the differences can fall down to two things um, the first might be the email clients landscape um, so we've got tons of email clients uh existing and used by people all around the world uh while in the browsers uh, nowadays we pretty much uh, sadly have only one browser which is uh chrome and chromium used by edge and uh, and webkit used by safari which is very similar as well and um and unfortunately there's not much uh diversity in the browser world right now and um so that's actually a, a good thing that I, that I enjoy about, um, the email space is that we've got a lot of diversity, uh, tons of email clients. And of course, um, the, the bad part of this is that it comes with each client comes with its own, um, bugs and quirks and weird behaviors and features that you might not expect. And that's, that can be surprising. But, um, I think it's really, um, it's really the same thing to have uh, such a, um, an environment with so many uh, different email clients. And the second thing um, that's really pretty different, I think, is um, is people, it's users. Um, and on the web, um, even if you don't really know beforehand um, who will visit your websites, uh, you can know it. Afterwards, uh, if you use any sorts of analytics, uh, or if you just look at your server statistics, uh, you will know how many pages were uh, viewed, how many um, how many people came to your website, and such. Um, on the email world, it's really hard to have uh, such statistics because uh, we can't use Java. We cannot use JavaScript for this, and we cannot uh, use. Um, server uh stats because um emails are never on our own server they are on the uh email uh, service server so uh we need to rely on uh invisible tracking pixels but um these are not really uh, really reliable because um um not everyone display images in emails and sometimes you have got um image proxying, uh, like in Gmail or Apple Mail. And so you end up with, um, statistics that are very biased and um, I think kind of wrong because you miss a lot of the population. So you don't really know who is opening your emails and how and when. And so you can't really um, design and code an email with the expectations that, uh, oh, okay, I know that my user base is uh, 90% Apple, made, so I don't need to care about Outlook. You can't really do this. So you need to be really more um uh, have a more um extended view and 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 be really humble and uh, realize that you you won't um you won't be able to go for everyone but uh you need to do it um as good as you can like Get close to this because,
1: um, yeah, you really don't know who, who is going to open your emails. Yeah. So, but despite all of that, despite all this unpredictability, and, you know, I remember you mentioning in your session that, uh, also one thing that actually quite happens quite a bit. And that's something that we just don't have on regular web pages or, um, web applications is that email clients also change the way HTML email uh, works. They add links, they change links, they obfuscate things, they change markup for security and privacy reasons, and all those things are very often out of control. And not to mention all the different quirks that go in all the different, you know, email clients as well. But despite all of that, I'm very surprised every now and again to see an, an enormous, I would even say extraordinary level of creativity when it comes to what people turn HTML emails into um I don't know, from you know shopping cart experiences within an email to games and everything else. what are some of the most impressive things uh, that you saw kind of built within HTML email?
2: So I, I think, um, it has to be, uh, an email made quite, quite a few years ago now. Um, that was, a, by, um, an email called, uh, Superman Quest. And it's actually, um, a mini game. Uh, I think it calls this, um, uh, an 8-bit adventure. Um, and it's kind of a choose your own path, uh, game where you, do, you're, um, a small character that adventures in the land of, uh, tables and TDs and you need to, to find your path, uh, to, to, to the best emails. And, um, it's really such a, a clever use of all the, the CSS possibilities with, um, checked input and radio buttons and things like this. And, um, yeah, that's, that one really uh, blew my mind at the time and it's still stuck in my mind because, um, not only is this really clever, um, in the first place, but it, it also, uh, I guess took, um, a huge amount of time and patience to do, uh, to do something like this. So, uh, yeah
1: that was really impressive. Yeah that's uh, I, I think you mentioned it at some point as well. It looks uh, it looked absolutely incredible just to be able to do that in an email it's just something out of control. For me personally it was I think when uh, Mark Robbins I think he was giving a presentation once uh he's I don't know, he's working in one of the email companies. Yes he's uh, working in Salesforce now. Salesforce, now, all right, um, and uh, he, I remember him giving a talk about HTML email, and it all felt very natural. And then in the end of the session, he showed that this was actually within HTML email, where he the entire presentation and slides and highlighting and everything that was very very impressive. Um, you know, one, one thing though that really keeps uh, impressing me, I guess, about these things is that there are there seem to be differences even within the same platform. So if I look at Outlook and Outlook.com, if I look at Gmails across different devices and Gmail.com, if I look at at Yahoo Webmail and Yahoo applications, it seems like even although they have uh, the same vendor, basically, um, they operate differently. So could you maybe shed a bit of light? Are they often very different or uh, what should be, Should we as developers then keep in mind when we are, let's say, dealing with Gmail? Because are there like (laughs) 50,000 versions of Gmail or is it just a few?
2: Maybe not that much, but yeah, there are a few uh, differences and variations across uh, what we can call a family of email clients. So like, as you said, like Gmail or Outlook, and um, it's not always clear why why this is, but Perhaps one of the most um, annoying uh, at the moment is uh, in Gmail, for example. Um, you will get uh, a different level of CSS support whether you're using the desktop webmail, which usually has the best uh, CSS support across uh, Gmail clients, uh, versus if you're using the mobile apps, And even if you're using the mobile apps, um, you will get a different level of CSS supports, whether you're using a Gmail address or whether you're using a third-party email address, like if you're using your Outlook.com email address inside the Gmail app on Android or iOS. Um, In that case, you will get... Uh, you will get um what is perhaps the worst uh, css support possible um because uh, gmail um i think for security purposes uh strips a lot of styles and a lot of things it doesn't support style tags it doesn't support media queries so you end up with a really um bare and uh really raw HTML with just a few styles, just uh, just what you need to to get your um, your colours and uh, and a few things like this in there. But um it's a really uh, minimalistic approach that you need to get to get your emails to look good in that um in that kind of um that kind of uh, circumstances. <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's always such a story. And you can, you probably can hear the voices, very disappointed vo- voices from the dark corners of the internet talking about what's the deal with outlook I've been hmm. making. We've been making fun <laughs> of outlook for, I don't know how many years now, and I don't know when was it was 2012 or 11, or maybe even earlier yeah. than that, where there was an attempt to move to the, or not attempt there, there was a switch, a big switch to use the microsoft word rendering engine i heard uh, and it stayed like this for well since then if i'm not mistaken yeah exactly so remy what are we going to do about this is there any i don't know any help insights uh are we just going to have to deal with word rendering engine forever so this is
2: actually a very hot topic at the moment because uh something is happening at Microsoft. Uh, they might have heard all the complaints uh, throughout the years and um, it looks like they are doing something. So, as you mentioned, in 2007, uh, Microsoft decided to uh, move Outlook on Windows from Internet Explorer rendering engine to Word rendering engine and um, this has been really the the bane of all email developers because word is really terrible at rendering html and css Uh, not only does it just support very limited css features um, and html but it oftentimes it does it really wrong so um, it doesn't uh, calculate, uh, with images correctly in CSS, or it doesn't. There are a lot of stuff happening that's really, um, a- intimidating for, for, a web developer. So what's changing at the moment is that, um, just, just a few months ago, I think it was last month or just a month before, uh, Microsoft released the first be- public beta version of Outlook on Windows using, um, using edge rendering engine. So they're making a brand new Outlook on Windows and um, it's basically just a, a web app um, nested embedded as a um a desktop application. So now it's it's going to mean to fix almost all the problems uh, that Outlook uh, created in the first place. So um If this is uh, so, it's still in beta for now, but um, I'm in good uh, faith that um, Microsoft is really um, committed to to push this to their end users and um, and see how things go from there. Um, And um, if they deploy this as a the real update and replacement of the actual uh, Outlook versions uh, running on Word—it's um, going to be a really a big change because this means that um, we may no longer need to use uh, tables for layouts. Because tables—the only reason we use tables in HTML emails—is because of Outlook on Windows. Because Word uh, doesn't really understand anything else than tables for laying out. So, um, so that's really what we 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 can out now is that um Microsoft is going to push all this update and that um, all of their users are going to move uh, to it. Um, and
1: yeah that's uh, that's really what we need to to do well I can hear a lot of enthusiasm and hope and uh, I don't know um, I would say excitement uh, about this this seems like a very interesting move that we should probably be really watching out for Uh, so that's neat but given the scenario then so um, with with tables or without uh, what do you think then would be like maybe actually looking back look at your work specifically um, how would you go around building HTML emails. Now, there are many solutions out there. Obviously, there are plenty of templates, uh, very different kinds of templates. There's also MGML and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm wondering, where do you stand in terms of what it takes? So what does it mean to be building HTML emails today? Is it still cool to be, I don't know, coding HTML emails from scratch? Or do other particular templates that are, kind of normalizing things across email clients. What's your take on this?
2: So I'm definitely in the from scratch uh, camp right here. Um, But I'm I'm also there in for the web as well. I like to do things from scratch. Um, I think the way to see this is that it's not so different from the web. Like if you were to code a website, would you use uh, something like Bootstrap or maybe start with a, a WordPress default theme and, um, and build your website from there on, or would you rather build something from scratch um and so yeah that's that's really a way to to see things and and both approaches are, are, are can be good it really depends on the uh, the time that you have the the, the knowledge that you have and the, the will and patience that you have as well so um yeah i i really um usually, Myself, I prefer to to cut everything from scratch. But um, for any newcomers, um, then if it's uh, if it's good for them to start from a, um, a t- an already made template that they found from their ESP, uh, then go for it and and maybe start learning from there and uh, see how you can improve things from there and see uh, what problems you you encounter with their default uh, templates and see how you can. Uh, yeah, improve things and uh, build something better from there. That's a good approach as well. Right.
1: And in your case, where would you start? Would you say, um, I mean, you are you starting with, I mean, obviously, I guess... I assume, I don't know if I should be assuming that or not. Will you be starting with tables, HTML tables, or what is your take? Do you then build mobile first, desktop first, or how does it work for you?
2: Yeah, so for, for, for a few years now, I think the um, the startup approach in the email um, development industry and community has been more about um, doing things uh, fluid or hybrid, uh, as we call them. So this means that we're going to build a layout um, that can adjust to any screen sizes without media queries first. So by just... um, Using divs, for example, a div is responsive by default. If you don't set any um fixed width on it, it will adjust to the, to your Windows size. Um and then from there you can use uh, media queries, um whether targeting mobile or targeting desktop, to improve things. So that's really the um what we call um um Progressive enhancements uh, and graceful degradation. So that's uh, the warm mindset here. I think is really important in the email world. Um, so so yeah, the the approach regarding table um, and my approach um, uh, at least has been more to put the tables in conditional comments for Outlook because that's really only Outlook that needs them. And then for other clients, um, use divs and use um, Use regular HTML semantics like uh, H1, H2 tags, paragraphs, and such to 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 create your elements and um, and lay them out. And but I've been coding like this for I don't know for long, but for for quite long now, and uh, it's it's still working well. So. I think that's a really valid approach as well.
1: Oh, interesting. So that means that basically uh, did I am I correct to assume that you then would be having sort of one markup specifically for outlook and then the, the rest will be getting the good old divs and or even potential section article is it even viable as well um, there?
2: So regarding some of the semantics like article or header and footer tags um it's usually not appropriate because um, your email might get included in a more um, complex application like Gmail. Gmail is webmail and it's HTML itself. So when Gmail inserts your um, HTML newsletter uh, in its interface, uh, you end up with uh, Gmail's HTML code all around your own HTML code. So um, then the semantic might not uh, make sense there. So And... On top of that, gmail specifically doesn't support these tags, so um, you you need to 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 find a proper fallback for this um, but as far as outlook is concerned uh, the idea is not not that much to create um, a separate um, isolated um, code for the whole email, but more to add um, small chunks of code just for Outlook um, that will say, okay, I'm going to open a table for Outlook right now, and then I will have um, the the rest of my contents come on for both Outlook and other email clients. And then at the end of my email of my blog i will just add another uh, block of code just for outlook that will say okay i'm closing the table that i opened and uh, that's it for for tables and just for Outlook."
1: Mm, okay um, is it actually still a good idea to inline styles in email
2: yes yeah it is because um even for a lot of clients um do support uh, style tags uh, and even Outlook on Windows, actually, that's uh, something uh, often surprising to people. Um, it's, it's usually a good idea because um, some clients don't support uh, style tags. So earlier, I mentioned uh, the Gmail apps uh, on mobile when you don't use a Gmail uh, accounts. So this is what we email geeks often call a uh, ganga uh, for Gmail apps with non-Gmail accounts. <laughs> Uh, got-
1: this is quite an acronym yeah, right there.
2: I love this acronym. Uh, and um, so in Genga, um, you don't get uh, style tag supports. So you need to inline your styles there. So um, it's really um, a, a good way to make sure that um, in these very uh, restrictive conditions, uh, at least your email looks uh, looks properly uh, style for text and for font sizes and such and such things um, but you can have some of your styles in um, a, a separate style tags and in fact that's um, what we can do for uh, responsive emails when we use media queries uh, we we can't we cannot inline uh, media queries so we do have to use style tags so um, we 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 do a bit of both, and um, regarding inline styles, um, it's also important because um, whenever you're going to reply to an email or forward an email, um, which is something very unique to emails, uh, some of this is really not something that happens on on websites, um, email clients, um, and that's pretty much the case for. All email clients uh, will really um, remove all your the style tags of your code when you do this, and so um, if you don't have in an inline styles, uh, suddenly your emails will look like uh, something completely broken. So um, it's always safer uh, to have at least the bare minimum of styles inline, so that
1: your emails. Looks good in this, uh, when, when it happens. Right. Uh, what about the font phase, by the way? So when we're talking about embedding fonts, um, obviously these fonts need to live somewhere. You're not going to attach them to the email. Right. And then sometimes I see that there are course errors appearing, uh, where, uh, you know, you're trying to fetch fonts from one place and then it doesn't know where it's going to be loaded from. So you cannot just, let's say, whitelist a couple of domains and call it a day. So it needs to be just public to everyone, yeah. right? Um, how, how do you usually, or what is a common way to deal with this?
2: So, yeah, that, that's a very specific problem. And um, yeah, So in, in this happened to me a few times, especially when working with uh, clients who have their own phones hosted on their own server, uh, but... They are using uh, um, cause rules to for, for security, so uh, the fonts can cannot be called from a, a specific webmail. Um, I think in the end it kind of falls apart because um, it, it it ends up working okay because um, cause restrictions like this uh, do not apply to email um, email applications. So. For example, Apple Mail um, do support uh, does support uh, Font Face, and it doesn't um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, behave uh, to cause uh, rules. So um, even if you have caused restrictions, your fonts will still be available in Apple Mail, and um, and for Font Face, uh, Apple Mail is really just one of the the few that supports it because. Uh, there's almost no no webmail, so no Gmail, no Outlook.com that, that supports a face like this, no Yahoo either. And um there's just a few, I think a few international or local email clients that that do support face in that case. And so yeah, whenever you're using face you you need to realize that, um, not a lot of people might see, uh, your fonts and because it might be, uh, stripped from the email clients like Gmail or Outlook.com. Um, and you might have, uh, errors like this. So it's always, um, a question of, you know, progressive enhancement and, uh, graceful degradation. Uh, just, um, I, I like to use a uh, font face in emails when it's, uh, when it's part of the design and it's uh, a great uh, enhancement, but uh, you always need to realize that um, that's not going to work for one hundred percent of your subscribers. So just you always have to think about what ap- what happens if uh, it doesn't work.
1: Right. Um, what do you think in general about things like MGML? Um, do you use anything like that sort of a? Uh, um, Templating language for writing uh, or coding, I would say, faster um, and still decent HTML emails, um, or maybe using something else. Uh, what's what's your take on it?
2: So yeah, MGML uh, is is very popular and it's always uh, interesting to see. And the uh, fun fact, uh, I was actually hired as a consultant by MailJet when they launched uh, MGML. Uh, uh, in 2015 or 16 i think um and so i i worked with them to make sure that the um the html output by mgml is uh, on par with industry standards and just works well in all um environments uh, including outlook and so um it's really uh fun to see that uh Still, up to this day, it's, it holds up pretty well. And even though I know there have been updates to to MGML and such, uh, but uh, the basic way of doing things, uh, which is mobile first, uh, has been holding well um, across all these years. And so um, I don't use uh, MGML myself, um, but, uh, but I do use uh, a few of our tools. And um, this year in particular, um, I've been really digging into uh, Parcel, which is um, uh, an online code editor uh, dedicated to HTML emails. And so there are a lot of fun stuff in it uh, to, to really uh, um, help you code emails um, maybe faster, like there's components, there's uh, styles inlining, and you can t- send tests um, to your inbox right from the editor. So that's really great and um i've also been working uh with Maisel, which is um a node framework uh, to yeah to build html emails as well um i kind of see it like uh, jekyll, jekyll or um Eleventi, which is um not so much that it imposes um a way to code to you but you can bring your own code and just it just helps you um output things uh easier and faster and uh, do all sorts of small routines that uh, like styles in lining or st- things like this so yeah um i think that's we we we're, over the past few years we're really starting to see um tools uh, appearing like this and really catching on across email developers so um you can, yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's a, a good sign of maturity among the... Right. And while you're talking about um, kind of sending emails to yourself from Parcel, which I think is actually pretty cool, uh, what would be then your kind of strategy to test and debug emails? So do you literally send it to yourself by email, and then you check on your phone, let's say, if it looks okay, and then you go back to the editor, and then you fix, and then you resend it? Or is there any, any other way? Um, or approach to do that? Like, what's your take?
2: Yeah, but that's usually my first approach. It's just uh, testing and sending to myself. Um, and... And by sending to myself, I mean sending to the uh, dozens and uh, dozens of email addresses that I've created uh, pretty much everywhere so that I can see uh, how an email code behaves in different email clients.
1: What a fun place it is for all those email addresses to be yeah. in. Like probably tons of different tasks and spam yeah. and everything else coming together in one fun place.
2: Yeah, that that would be a weird thing if uh, this email Inboxes were ever to leak uh, as part of uh, I don't know any data leak. <laughs> People would be wondering what what is this inbox doing exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's been twenty emails just this past hour about this thing. Uh, I'm not sure why, um, but um, but uh, on top of that, uh, we've got the chance to have. Um, email screenshot tools. Uh, so that's kind of like browser stack for email. So where you just, um, Copy your HTML code, just send your HTML email uh, to, and then you will get uh, screenshots on many, many different email clients. So you will get uh, a quick preview of what your email looks like on, um, on Apple, maybe on iOS, on Gmail, on uh, Outlook on Windows, and all of this in just, um, just a few clicks. And it's really, um a good way to to make sure as well that um your your code works well
1: in all these different environments. Right. And of course there is can I email dot com. Ah. which you wonderfully uh announced during the SmashingCon Freiburg, what was it, like two years ago? No that was yeah, that was in Freiburg in 2019. So that's already
2: almost three years
1: now. <laughs> yeah so and um, this is a i mean maybe you can also t- t- talk a bit about this uh and maybe any new features that are coming up and um you know what it is but for me personally this is just a really ultimate great resource to just find out how well a particular feature is supported think about it like can i use just for email
2: yeah that that really was the the idea and um uh, i think that's kind of part of um of this, this, um, sentiment that the email community is maturing and growing, um, is that we've got, yeah, you know, places like this where, um, not only can we learn more about, uh, publicly about what email clients do, what do they support and such things, but, um, we can also contribute to it. And that was really, um, I think the missing part because, um, before that we had, um, we had a few websites that, that gave you the, um, uh, the state of support for uh, a few a few CSS properties for in in a few email clients, but you, it was most of the time just part of blog articles that were really outdated or um, on website that you couldn't really interact with. So um, the idea with Can I Email was really to make this. Um, available and open source and, um, so that anyone can contribute to it. And if you see, um, that an email client doesn't support something, then you can report it on a website. And so everyone benefits from it from then. So it's really, um, a great knowledge base, um, that's, that's, uh, that everyone
1: can benefit from yeah yeah sure um well i i do have to ask a question i ask it every single time and i know what your answer is going to be like but i do want it to be oh well many things have changed i want you to be just uh, to kind of explain to our wonderful listeners here why we are where we are now obviously again there is a lot of conversation about HTML email being such an outdated thing and HTML tables and everything and all of that, right? But we have this incredible growing bloom of CSS features, grid, container queries, cascade layers, like CSS is booming like never. But when we're looking at this HTML email, we should be probably a bit of skeptical, I guess, of when we even would be able to use those things and do so reliably, right? And if it's even an option at all, so I'm wondering, and I think that many people are, should we be expecting at some point now in the future, at any point really, some sort of interoperable? Oh, this is a very difficult word. Interop interoperability standardization around HTML emails and the features that are supported across Yahoo and Outlook, and you know, with Edge moving, oh well, not not moving. It's Outlook moving to Edge, no. Edge moving into Outlook. That's probably the better way of putting this. Uh, is it happening? Are we getting there? Or so that's a very interesting question because
2: um, this is also a, a topic in the email. World, because um, I think it was just last month. Uh, there's a new group uh, that was formed in the past year uh, that was announced, in the, and that's called um, the Email Markup Consortium, so EMC for short. And um, basically, it's a bunch of uh, email developers and marketers and designers like me um, who decided to uh, gather together and try to really. Um, get things down to to make email better for everyone so that means um better for developers with uh, more um standardizations and uh more uniformity across email clients and uh also better for users um because if email clients um get support for um are your roles, for example, or are your properties, then we can make, um, some parts of emails more accessible for, um, for people, uh, who need it. And, um, same thing goes for, um, some, some things related to performance. Like, um, if we get supposed to, um, picture tags and, um, and responsive images, uh, we could, um, deliver more efficient and more uh, performance email because uh, we can have uh, smaller image sizes and, uh, and things like this. So um, this is really a work in progress, um, he, and I haven't um, done much of it. So I think it's mostly um, Mark Robbins and Alice Lee, and um, I'm sorry, I, I forgot his name, but uh, a few, a few other people uh, who are really active in the Email Geeks community. And, um, and there are also a lot of, I think there are the main core, uh, members, but there are also a lot of members around, um, who, who contribute, uh, to, to the launch of this. And so, um, now it's, uh, it's really about, uh, um, trying to catch uh the email clients' developers' attention and get them to to improve things and uh the good news is that there's already been a, a few email clients uh, that uh that said they were interested in in doing things better so um i know that uh there's been a german email clients uh, uh like this uh so yeah it's um It's really something new. So um, I'm really eager to see where where this can go because there's been um, attempts to improve things in the past but uh, that have never really caught on or that fell flat after uh, a few months. So um, I know that this group has been around for a year uh, secretly and trying to, to get things done. So it's really... And great to see that now this is public and I'm really eager to see where this, is, where this will lead and hopefully it will lead to, you know, better standards and uniformity
1: across email clients. Oh, this does sound very exciting. And uh, it almost makes me feel like the future of HTML email is bright. However, I should probably curb my enthusiasm a little bit just because I don't think we should be expecting, uh, I don't know, CSS, SubGrid and React uh, or JavaScript getting into the world of HTML email anytime soon. Or am I wrong there?
2: As for JavaScript, I think it's, it's nothing something you should expect and it's really not something you should want because, um, first, um, do you really want uh, your emails to have a flashy carousel or something like this? I'm not sure about that.
1: I mean, you can also do this with CSS and interactive, uh, I don't
2: know. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not fully sure about this. But um, the, the main problem with JavaScript is really security because if you uh, let any single line of JavaScript inside an email client, then uh, some hackers could really get uh, your world inbox and just uh, download all your data and things like this without you even knowing it. So there's really a, a great danger with JavaScript. And so um, you, you should never expect uh, full JavaScript support in email clients. Um, but um, as for you mentioned a uh, subgrid, and I think uh, this is something that uh, I haven't heard of, of it exactly, but uh, I think this is something we should expect in the next release of Apple Mail because um, if I'm not wrong, it's coming in the next Safari.
1: Safari 16, I yeah,
2: yes. iOS 16, and usually, um, every time Apple adds uh, some new features in WebKit and in Safari, um, Apple Mail also benefits from it. Uh, so this is something that should that should come uh, in Apple Mail um, this fall. So. Um, in some way, uh, if you really need to use uh, CSS subgrid, uh, you should be able to do it um, by the end of the year. But you just need to uh, remind yourself that uh, it will only work in Apple Mail for now. So... Yeah,
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you dismiss uh, wonderful, beautiful carousels just like that. However, uh, I do remember vividly this time for maybe for a very brief period of time, where there was a huge excitement about this notion of interactive emails. And I think that still is where you had uh, email M for email, yeah, M for email, and you have all the beautiful carousels and everything else that you ever wanted without having to write a single line of JavaScript because it would be just embedded into the system, into the platform, and then you could reuse one of those components. Do you think that this is is still a thing, uh, or where are we going with this? So
2: uh... yeah, interactive emails is um, is is still a thing, and every everyone talks about it every now and then. Um, but there, there's really two approaches to it. So, so the most traditional one is to use uh, CSS and to kind of, um, um, hack CSS to, to use, um, small interactions possible in CSS, like with the checked pseudo selector or the over pseudo selector. And from there, you can do things where if you over, over a specific zone, then some other content will appear. So you can, like, do uh, some image swap on over or stuff like this. Um, and with checked, you can do much more, um, uh, detailed uh, interactions where if you click on something, something else will appear on your email and you can do these sort of thing. So um, this is um, quite limiting because you're, you're just limiting with these two sorts of interactions, but um it does some decent support, like uh, in Outlook.com, you can do things like this in Yahoo Desktop Webmail as well. Uh, Gmail does support over interactions as well, so that's uh, always interesting to do this for Gmail. Um, but the other approach, as you mentioned, was that um, a- Google announced a few years now, a few years ago, uh, AMP. M for email, and the idea was to bring the, the M JavaScript framework into the world of HTML emails, which is an interesting thought uh, in the first place. Uh, but um, I think now, it's it's been quite a few years now that they did this, um, and um, I think now, uh, looking back, that it was probably not the best approach to have because... Um, the, uh, the way they did this is that they added a new MIME type inside your email. So when you send a, an HTML email, you're not just really sending an HTML file to people. You're sending an email code that's actually a multi-part uh, code where there is a plain text version of the email, the HTML part, and all sorts of headers saying uh, who you're sending your email to and, and things like that. And... um what, what Google did with, um, for email is that they, they brought a whole new, um, M for email section uh, in the email code like this, but this meant that if you wanted to send an M for email, in, and still if you want to send now uh, an M for email email, um, you need to you for your ESPs or your email uh, sending service um, to support this specific MIME types, or else you cannot uh, co- code this and send it. So. Um, this was, um, the, the world email industry was really um, really eager to look at uh, who is going to support this and who will not, and a few years after uh, right now, it looks like most email providers and services didn't really um, support this, so uh, for example, team doesn't support this or a lot of um, famous email services do not support AMP for email, so um, you cannot send AMP for email easily, and I think another aspect that um, that makes AMP for email quite difficult is that um, in order for even if you manage to send an AMP for email uh, email, you need to get whitelisted from each. Um, each client that supports uh, AMP for email. So if you want to send a, an AMP for email, um, you need to get whitelisted from Google uh, so that uh, people using Google uh, desktop email will see it. And you need to get whitelisted from Mail.Woo uh, that also supports it. And so um, it's, it's quite a, um, a difficult process uh, in my opinion. And it's also quite um, opposite to to the basic nature of email, which is um, a very open standard. Anyone can send email, any email clients can read email. So they try to kind of hack around the email format to get interactivity inside it. But um, I think that made things uh, more difficult. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still... I still think there can be exciting uses. Um, uh, I don't know if you, if you've ever used, uh, Google Docs and uh, Google Docs and received uh, an email where someone commented on your Google Docs, and you can inside Gmail answer um, in the email. Uh, there's a it's a, it's an AMP for email email, and you can answer right from your uh, Gmail inbox to to the comment that was left on your document. Uh, I think that's uh, an amazing use of uh, AMP for email, but um, it's it's odd to see uh, how. Uh, how this could um, be made more popular, and it's uh, yeah, it's hard to to imagine this catching on and to find good users like this um, for
1: more traditional emails. So, well, maybe as we're wrapping up here at this point, I do have to ask one question that has been bothering me for a while: uh, if there was a dream feature that you'd love HTML email to have, something that could be appearing in all the email clients everywhere. Tomorrow, if you just desired that to be in there, what would that feature be?
2: So I think it wouldn't necessarily be uh, an HTML or CSS feature, but uh, um, I'd love to see something like um, uh, reactions uh, for for emails like uh, like you've got on slack or, or uh, on github issues or uh, or just on messages on on ios and android and and that would be a fun feature and, and i think that could spare a lot of emails because uh every time you need to j- to just send an email to answer, okay I, I got this uh, you could just send uh, a reaction uh, and that would be way faster but uh, Again, this would require a lot of standardization and implementation, so I think we are not really
1: there yet at all. <laughs> if you, dear listener, would like to hear more from Remy, you can find him on Twitter, where he is HTMLU, Well, we'll have to put that link uh, in the notes, and on his website at HTML.com as well. Uh, But also at Smashing Confive, he often runs HTML email workshops. We will be discussing when the next one is coming up. Do you have any parting words uh, with our wonderful audience, Remy? For today we've been learning today all about html email but what have you been learning from this session or in general what are some of the parting words you'd like to hand over for people who might be excited to join this dark side of the world and design and build html emails together with you what well, i
2: hope that i convinced a few of you that um, yeah email Email development is a thing, and it can be, um, if you're frustrated with uh, how website works nowadays, uh, join us. It's really <laughs> it's really fun in here. And, uh, yeah, there's a whole community as well. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to reach me and uh, just join Join us.
1: (laughs) There are dozens of us. (laughs) Of course. And if you are, dear friends, interested in the community uh, um, of HTML email geeks, as far as I understood, Remy, please correct me if I'm wrong, um, there are email geeks. There is a Slack channel. And you can also talk to Remy, and I'm sure that he'll be very happy to point you to the group where all the cool kids talking about HTML emails hang out. Absolutely.
2: This is Smashing.
0: And that was our podcast. Thank you very much for listening and if you liked it, please share it with your friends.
2: Find us on the web at smashingmagazine.com, on Twitter at smashingmag, smashing magazine on Facebook,
0: or in the supermarket by the cat food.